morning, everyone. A junior church is not happening today. So, ladies, you don't have to deal with them. Dads, you do. Okay, there are some booklets and crayons for you, the kids, to do. Um, and be prepared to have some fun. I was, we had a meeting early this morning, and I looked outside, and I thought, is it Christmas? Happy Mother's Day to all you ladies. We are so thankful that you're here as a part of not just the church, but our lives. As we are looking um, at the future of the church and planning some things and trying to figure some stuff out, Jerry Markle brought this piece of paper and he shared it with the leadership. And it is so good. I was like, I, I want to read it to all of you. So he, he read this document. Um, we wish we would have known this last week. But on May 2nd, which was last Sunday, 1886, 135 years ago on May 2nd, so 135 years ago last Sunday, they wrote this. We whose name are hereunto to sign, having previously made public profession of our faith in Jesus Christ, having been baptized into his death, do hereby unite ourselves together as a church. Discarding all human names and creeds, we desire as individual members to simply be known as an organized body, to be known as the Church of Christ worshiping at St. Joe, DeKalb County, Indiana. We take the word of God as our rule of faith and practice forever discarding all man-made creeds and confessions of the faith. We promise each other and the Lord to keep the ordinances of the Lord's house as delivered by Christ and his divinity-inspired, divinely-inspired apostles. Trusting in the great head of the church for grace and strength, we give ourselves to, to him to be disciples as long as we live. 135 years ago, this church was established. That is exciting. We, uh, um... I liked it so much, it is now on my calendar so that I can celebrate. I'm not kidding. Uh, it is on our calendar. We want to celebrate that. So for 135 years, this congregation has officially met under the name St. Joe Church of Christ. For 135 years, people have been coming to hear Christ. They've heard the message. We had, they were able to see what we just saw a few songs ago of people coming, being baptized and raised in faith and living for 135 years and counting. That's, I, I was so energized for that. And for 135 years, some of you have felt like you were mothers. It has felt like that, depending on your kids. You know the strengths and the struggles and the hardships and the blessings. There is no other role on earth such as a mother. And I read some of these funny, quick things every Mother's Day because I, I just love them. I think they're hilarious. And so many times the ladies are like, yeah, yeah, that's all true. It's not as funny as you think it is. So I, I found this one. It says, you know your mom when." Okay, and I know many of you have heard them, but really listen to them again. Your feet stick to the floor and you don't care. You know you're a mom when the kids are fighting and you threaten to lock them in a room together and not let them out until someone's bleeding. You know you're a mom when you can't find your phone, so you ask a friend to call it, run around the house crazy trying to find it, only to find it in the laundry basket. 
You know, you're a mom. When you're good at, your idea of a good day is making it through without a child leaking bodily fluids on you. You, <laughs> some of you just, oh, yeah. Um, you know you're a mom when your baby's pacifier falls on the floor, and what do you do? You just lick it off and give it right back because you don't have time to run to the kitchen. You know you're a mom when your kid makes jokes about farting, burping, pooping, etc., and you actually think it's funny. That's a, you're a mom of boys, really. You know you're a mom if spit is your number one cleaning agent. <laughs> you know that one. Um, you know you're a mom if you can never go to the bathroom alone without somebody talking to you through the door. You know you're a mom if you weep through the scene in Dumbo when his mom is taken away. Not to mention Bambi or Nemo. You know you're a mom if you spend a search, uh, you search for half an hour searching for your sunglasses only to have your teenager say, what about the ones on top of your head? Today is Mother's Day. We know you're a mom for different ways, for different reasons. And it's all because of that love God has poured into you that actually came from him. As you're an example of what he feels about each one of us. Today it is a day to honor those women in our lives. As, as Mike said, not just our physical mothers, but those ladies who have poured into our lives protection, blessings, teachings, and even discipline. Maybe you will honor the woman who gave birth to you, but it's also could be that aunt, that sister, another dear woman who has changed your life for the better. Mother's Day is a day when we focus on just praising, honoring, and endorsing those ladies. We try to lift them up and honor them. Father's Day, we make fun of that. You don't do that on Mother's Day. You thank them and honor them. But I thought I'd switch it around. So today we're going to poke fun at moms. Never mind. I just saw your look. Never mind. How many here are mothers? Put your hand down, boy. Okay, keep your hands up. If you're a mom, raise your hand. Now, raise your hand if you have a mother. That means everybody. I didn't say is she here or not. It's, so all of us are either personally affected by being a mom or by having a mom. Okay, the Bible actually does talk about moms. Um, as you can see, I am not a mother, okay? I do not know what it's like to be a mother. For one semester, um, it was actually the summer, I couldn't handle a full semester, in college, my wife was working full-time, she was getting her PhD, putting hubby through college, Okay, and so she worked full-time, and I thought, I'm going to stay home and take care of the two-bedroom apartment and our daughter. Oh, my goodness. I couldn't handle it. And, mm, no. And she come home, and did she do it? Oh, my goodness. I was not made out to be a mother. But the Bible does talk about mothers. So we're going to look at what God's Word, not what I can think of, but what God's Word has to say about mothers. It starts all the way back in Genesis. Genesis 3.20, then man, Adam, named his wife Eve 
because she would be the mother of all who live. Eve was the mother of all the living people. Her name, Eve, means living. I thought that was very interesting. She was the first mother, the first woman to ever give birth to a child. Do you ever think of what it was like in that garden when she had children or right after the garden when Cain and Abel were born? Did she wonder, how do I feed them? What do I do if they fall? Or did she just instinctively know, well, you pick them up and you hold them and sing the songs? Do you think she was afraid of motherhood because no one has ever done it before? There was no book on what to expect when you're expecting, you know, the Bible for pregnancy. They didn't have that stuff. I wonder if she knew the importance and the influence of her job. I wonder if, in laundry day, did Adam forget to bring in the figs? Come on, that was funny. You know, because they, never mind. Eve had the three sons that we know of mentioned in Scripture, Cain, Abel, and Seth. But it also says they had many other sons and daughters in their life. But we focus on the three boys. Uh, Cain murdered Abel. So not only is Eve the first mother ever, she's also the first mother to lose a child in death and to have a child disciplined and really sort of incarcerated, sent away. Um, Adam and Eve lost two sons because the one wandered and the one died. Since the time of Eve, it has fallen to mothers to really help train and raise kids, but more importantly, to focus them to God. Our mothers bring us into the world. They nurture, nurture, nurture us, provide for us. And how many of you have been told, I brought you into this world, and I can take you out? I believed my mom's threat. I, I did. In fact, I still get that threat from her. Mothers have a remarkable ability to change the world through their children. There are other mothers in the Bible that the Bible teaches us about influence. We're going to hit a few of them. We're going to turn to Exodus chapter 2. About this time, a man and woman from the tribe of Levi got married. The woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She saw that he was a special baby and kept him hidden for three months. But when she could no longer keep him or hide him, she got a basket made of papyrus reeds and waterproofed it with tar and pitch. She put the baby in a basket, laid it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile River. This is the mother of Moses. Moses' mother, Jochebed, took great risks to protect her son. This son was supposed to have been killed, and yet she protected this child for three months. Do you know what it's like to keep a baby quiet and hidden? It's not easy, and yet she did it for three months. The Egyptian plan in Exodus 1 was to control the Hebrew people through population control. They were going to uh, try and mediate the population and stagnate them by killing all the baby boys. The problem for Pharaoh is the midwives believed in God. The mothers believed in God more than they believed in Pharaoh and his fake gods. And yet Moses, his mother, what did she say? Um, let me read that again. She gave birth to a son. She saw he was a special baby. How many of you, if when you looked at your child, you just knew that was a special? Yeah, some of you like, yeah. You just know there is something special about this child. There is something that God is going to do that's something that God is going to say and move within this child. And you know 
got to do something to protect nurture. See, mothers who make a difference protect their children. They protect them. In many ways, they can't even imagine, especially in the beginning. They protect them physically. They keep them out of danger. That is why running with scissors and jumping off the roof have been banned. Mothers thought of that because they knew to protect them. They knew that you don't put a cat in the blender. You know why? Because they know you've got to protect people and other creatures from children sometimes. Mothers know you protect. There is so much in them. They want to protect them. And also, um, she follows the wisdom of Proverbs 22, verse 3. A prudent person foresees dangers and take precautions. The simpleton goes blindly and suffers the consequences. Now, real quick, just look at this verse. A prudent person foresees dangers and takes the precautions. If you don't know if your mother does this, look at the size of her purse. You know that her purse gets bigger because she's taking precautions. We might need this. We might need this. And pretty soon her purse starts looking like Mary Poppins' bag, where she's pulling out anything from beef jerky to Band-Aids. You never know. She's taking precautions. She's foreseeing this could happen, where the dad's like, eh, let's just see what happens. So we, we know that moms follow this wisdom. Mothers have protected us morally by teaching us right and wrong. That is why going to church is so important. Manners are stressed and dressing appropriately and then telling them, go back downstairs, you're not looking like that. Redress yourself. Proverbs 23 says this, get the truth and never sell it or get rid of it. Also get wisdom, discipline, and good judgment. The father of godly children has cause for joy. What a pleasure to have children who are wise. So give your father and mother joy. May she who give you birth be happy. This right here, we've been talking about mothers, but this verse is for everybody. We need to live in a life that is giving honor and making our moms proud. Saying, look what you have taught us and how we're following the ways of the Lord. Many times mothers have protected us emotionally by keeping us from things that would hurt us. Mothers are always an emotional shield and want their children to learn lessons before they have to live them. I know I've seen moms do so many things when it's raining and snowing. They're covering their kids with their or their coats and stuff. They take their coats off. I saw a mom, this little girl, wanted to go on this um, roller coaster thing. And she was a little nervous, this little girl was, so the mom sat next to her and said, I'll be right here. And this mom was leaning down in her face all the time, see, it's okay, Can, just really giving her the support and emotional support that she needed. And this little girl ended up loving it, and the mom got sick because she couldn't see anything that was going on. But she was there to protect. She was there to make sure her child was going to do good and have well. The Apostle Paul knew this about moms and even described his ministry in terms of motherhood. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. But we prove to be gentle among you as a nursing mother tenderly cares for her children. Paul is saying, it is great to be a mom. It is great to exhibit these traits and attributes. In the same way, we have found affection for you and delighted to share with you not only the gospel, but our own lives because you've become very Dear to us. He is saying that we were gentle, like a, a nursing mother tenderly cares for her children. 
You know, when a new mom gets her baby and somebody wants to hold them, what do they do? Be careful. Watch the neck. I've held lots and lots of babies, and you know, every single time a new mom tells me the exact same thing. Do you know why? They're afraid I'm going to drop them. But more than that, that is their child. Their heart is living right in front of them. And when they hand that child for someone to hold, you are holding part of their heart. And so, they're, yeah, they're going to protect. They're going to make sure. Think back about all the times your mother protected you. Maybe from somebody causing harm, physically, mentally, emotionally. Maybe as they were protecting you from family struggles or tragedies. Maybe even at times you didn't understand. When moms do that, I want you to hear this. They're showing what God does for us all the time. First Samuel, look at this. This is a great story. When the child was weaned, Hannah took him to the tabernacle in Shiloh. They brought along a three-year-old bull for sacrifice and a basket of flour and some wine. After sacrificing the bull, they brought the boy to Eli. Sir, do you remember me? Hannah asked. I am the very woman who stood here several years ago praying to the Lord. I asked the Lord to give me this boy, and he has granted me my request. Now I am giving him to the Lord, and he will belong to the Lord his whole life. And they worship the Lord there. Hannah prayed for a son for many years. She endured barrenness and ridicule because of that. And she prayed and prayed. And God gave her a son. You can read this in, in this First uh, Samuel, verse 20. But then she did something very revolutionary. She handed her son to God. When he was weaned, when he was a toddler, she handed him over to a prophet to train and lead into the ways of the Lord. Samuel was taken to the temple, and he was left. But yet, do you think she just stops being there for him? I can tell you no, because she's a mother. Um, she continued to support him all through his life in the Lord's work. There is one simple and profound lesson that we can learn from this little illustration, this life event of Hannah. Hannah was a woman who desperately wanted a child. She wanted a child so bad that she begged God and said, I will do this. We, we shouldn't make deals with God like this. But God wanted to do something within her because of her faith, because of her love of being a mom. I see Hannah as a supportive mother who gave her son over to God. Mothers who make a difference are supportive. We should give our children to the Lord to, for him to use as he sees fit. We should support our children in doing the will of the Lord. Support, supportive mothers allow God to run into their children's lives and through them. It's not easy, but it's necessary. I know there's times that people want to do a baby dedication. And really, they're trying to follow the example here that Hannah said, that I'm going to raise and train this child in the ways of the Lord. I'm giving him to God. Jacobed, Moses' mother, did that. She dedicated this child and said, it's up to you, God. Hannah did it. Joseph and Mary did it when they took Jesus to the temple. What does it mean to give your child to God? Um, Clarence Sexton, he's a doctor, says, giving a child to God means to desire what the Lord desires for that child. 
Holding on to a child is, is a difficult thing, but in order to give the child to God, we take our hands off of them and let them loose for God's will and God's purpose. This will continue all of their lives as we honestly and sincerely believe that God's will and way is best for our children. It is a natural instinct that God puts into the heart of a parent, especially a mother. We have this caring, loving feeling that is quite natural and necessary, but we have to remember this child, though is given to us, really belongs to God. I remember growing up, my mom was constantly telling me how I was going to be a preacher, constantly supporting that idea, even when I was lying a lot. This isn't how a preacher should be acting. I'm seven, Mom. But she knew, and she was supporting what she knew God was calling in my life. They are placed in our care for a little while. From the time I was three years old, my mom encouraged me, supported me, and pointed me in going into ministry. She was there at my basketball game or my baseball games, my band concerts, and everything else. But more than that, she was pointing me towards Scripture. I remember her saying stuff to me like that. I've always known that my mother loves me. Always. I always knew there were times she didn't like me. And many times I didn't deserve that. But I always knew she loved me. And that is just a shadow compared to the greatness of God's love. He is there to support us and strengthen us. Isaiah 40 says this. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youth become weak and tired and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Can you imagine? I, I've seen this. I've seen kids who when their mothers show up and give them encouragement, they go a little further. They run and track just a little further. They tackle a little harder because they know their mom is there to support them and encourage them. That is an example of what God is for us. And we need to honor our moms or those ladies in our lives for doing that. Another thing that moms, um, a mother who makes a difference does is she instructs. She teaches. And part of instruction, kids, listen to this. Instruction includes discipline. Mothers are great natural teachers, whether they know it or not. Um, I said this in a poem once. I found parts of this, and I actually gave this to my mom. Um, I want to share some of the lessons I learned from my mother. I'm sure you learned this, but my mother taught me to appreciate a job well done. If you're going to kill each other, go outside and do it. I just cleaned the carpet. My mother taught me religion. You better pray that comes out of the carpet. My mother taught me logic. Because I said so. That's all the logic you need. Um, my mother taught me irony. Keep crying and I'll give you something to cry about. My mother taught me about hypocrisy. This one is actually one of her statements. If I told you once, I've told you a million times, don't exaggerate. Yes, she exaggerated. Yeah, my mother taught me the circle of life. This is our favorite mother's quote. I brought you into this world. I'll take you out. My mother taught me how to become an adult. If you don't eat your vegetables, you'll never grow up. That's why I still act like a child. My favorite 
my mother taught me about justice. One day, you're going to have kids, and I hope they turn out just like you. Well, Mom, that came true. Thanks. Moms can teach us funny things, but think about all the things they really did teach us. I know this for a fact. Uh, my mom sat in front of me, and I had to mirror as I was learning to tie my shoe. And it worked because she was left-handed so that I could actually mirror everything. But she would get down and do this. I have seen kids, as their mom is teaching, no, hold your spoon or pencil or whatever it is this way. And they're purposely right in their face instructing them so that they can grow this, so that they can actually watch their kids start doing it on their own. A mother who makes a difference instructs and teaches. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, it says, Paul is saying this to Timothy, I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that same faith continues in you. Timothy is a close friend of Paul. It's one of his mentors, his disciples. And Paul relied on Timothy in his ministry. He truly trusted Timothy and exemplified him and lifted him up. And here he said, that faith you have, you learned from your grandma, your mother. Timothy, along with those two, with Lois and Eunice, were the believers who first accepted about Christ when Paul was on that missionary journey. The faith that was in Timothy was first in his grandmother and then his mother. They were examples to him. They taught him. They trained him. Notice his dad isn't in the picture. Whether it's because he was a different belief or he was gone, we're not sure. But these two ladies poured into him. They taught him the scripture. And when I think about Timothy, I can't help but ask one simple question. Mothers, grandmothers, ladies of influence, how much time do you spend talking to your children, your grandchildren, about scriptures? How much do you lift them up? with what the scriptures say. I, I told you my mom used to make me eat soap when I lied. Because I, I'm going to have to have a clean mouth. But what I usually don't tell people is she would be telling me scriptures on what it means to have pure lips. I know when she spanked me often, because I deserved it, she would say something about scripture on why I don't do this or don't do that. We need to teach them these things. Teach them the songs about Jesus, the new and old ones. It doesn't matter as long as they're truthful. Teach them about Jesus. Get them into church. Share with them the Sunday school lesson. Tell them what you learned in Sunday school as well as ask them what they learned. Tony Campolo said this. Too many times women are made to feel that they should apologize for being mothers or housewives. In reality, such roles are noble callings. He said, when I was on the faculty in the University of Pennsylvania, there were gatherings from time to time which a faculty members brought their spouses. So all these elite professors. Inevitably, some woman lawyer or psychologist would confront my wife with the question, and what is it that you do, my dear? And my wife, who is a brilliant, articulate individual, had a great response. She said, I socialized two homo sapiens in the dominant values of Judeo-Christian tradition in order that they might be instruments for the transformation of social order into the teleologically prescribed utopia inherited in eschaton. What do you do? <laughs> what is she saying? 
I am raising my two boys in the faith so that they can bring more people to the faith. That's what she said, but she said it in a way that made them close their mouth. And to answer that, I'm a a lawyer, I'm a professor, they couldn't do that. Mothers, you have tremendous influence, and I'm going to say this right now. Mothers who choose to stay home versus mothers who work, you guys are all mothers. It is not one is better than the other. I'm never going to say that. There's a difference in how mothers have to mother when they have to work, when they choose to work, versus mothers who don't have that or choose to. There are blessings in both. There are detractions. But hear this. You are a mother no matter if you get a paycheck or not. Your influence is just as vital and important. Make the most of that. So mothers make a difference. Protect their children. They're supportive. They instruct. And a mother who makes a difference is loyal. Is loyal. Here's where we get this in John 19, verse 25. Standing near the cross were Jesus' mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Cleopas, and Mary Magdalene. Jesus was just beaten. He'd been whipped pretty much within an inch of his life. He'd been spit upon. He'd been mocked. They gambled to take his clothing. The cross was a gruesome place, one of the where they put the lowest of criminals. And yet, here's this innocent, divine Jesus, bloodied, bruised, and broken, and there standing by the cross is his mom, his earthly mother. She was loyal to her son's death. Some of his disciples ran and hid. These great men of the faith ran away. But his mom stood there. Mary could have pleaded with her for her son's life, but she didn't. She allowed him to save her. She could have done so many different things, but instead she stole, uh, She chose to stood there in support and loyalty. Mothers have this uh, wonderful ability that no matter what, no matter what their children go through, they can be loyal to their kids. Moms don't give up. This, of course, does not mean you condone or approve of bad behavior. Okay? Many of us um, have moms that could have given up on us. I have a mom who could have given up on me. But they choose to be loyal. Being loyal doesn't mean you stand up for the child when they've done wrong. Being loyal means you stand with them while they receive the justice, the penalty, the consequences. Uh, our daughter, at one time, she wanted to pull a prank in school. I am not advocating for pranks, okay? But she, what she wanted to do is put this little bit of glitter bomb in some of her friends' lockers. And so when they opened the locker, glitter went just a little bit. The school doesn't like this. Do you know why? Glitter goes everywhere, and you can't get it up. Now, I just thought this Harmless little prank, it'll be fine. Um, the valedictorian of the class, and then the student about three, four under her, which is our daughter, were the two that did the prank. They weren't just punks. They were preacher's girls. Both of them had dads who were preachers. And so they got called in because they were disciplined for it. And so you know what we did? 
We went in and helped him clean it. We had to sweep the whole school because it was a bad thing to do. And while it seemed funny and innocent, it was against the school. So you know what? Parents stand by but then say, well, it's just innocent. No? Okay. It was wrong. Let's clean this up. And we swept the entire school. Parents, moms are loyal. Being there with them while your child faces the consequences of their choices. Uh, John Killinger is an author. He reflects on Mary, the mother of Jesus, and he sees in her loyalty in a wonderful example of mothers. He said, I believe, this is what he said, I believe in Jesus Christ, the son of the loving God, who was born to the promised virgin named Mary. I believe in the love that Mary gave her son, which caused her to follow him into his ministry, to stand by his cross as he died. I believe in the love of all mothers and the importance in the lives that they pour into their children. It is stronger than steel, softer than down, more resilient than a green sapling on a hillside. It closes wounds, melts disappointment, disappointments and enables the weakest child to stand tall and straight in the fields of adversity. I believe that this love, even at its best, is a shadow, a glimmer of the love of God. I believe that one of the most beautiful sights in the world is a mother who lets this greater love flow through her from God to her child, blessing the world with tenderness of her touch, the tears of her joy. I have been influenced by many women, uh, from my grandmothers, my mom, some of my aunts, other ladies in the church. I remember this lady coming up and grabbing my cheek. You're going to be a preacher one day and giving me almost shaken baby syndrome. I've had uh, this one older lady. She had a cane with a horn on it, so you'd get out of her way. And I used to call her my girlfriend because she was just an adorable old lady. Oh, my. I, I, loved, I was a senior dating a 70-year-old pretty much, I guess. But we would sit by each other at church, and she would just love on me and tell me things and point me to Scripture. We married a wonderful, godly woman who loves on me and points me to Scripture. There's some women here who just absolutely adore you for what you are. In Christ. And the fruit of that is growing in the lives of so many people around you. And honestly, we say it every year, one day is not enough. It, it really isn't to honor you. Uh, in, in Proverbs, it talks about uh, the noble woman, the husband, and the children proclaim her worth at the city gates. We are to promote and celebrate and honor these ladies in our lives, not just one day, but every day. Which means our attitude and actions, kids. Our attitudes and actions. I believe in that love of a mom that is really a gift from God. Our God has given us mothers to show us aspects of himself to us. They are living characteristics of God and that we should take time to honor them, respect them, listen to them, cherish them. To the moms who protect and support us, instruct us, are loyal, we need to say thank you. So right now, if there is a lady around you who has poured into you, tell them thank you and you love them. Okay, 
walking. But we need to give honor and thanks to our moms. Uh, there, we do have a dinner tonight that's, I am so amazed that we thought with it being on Mother's Day because prom ruins yesterday. Although we do have a guy who dressed up to show his mom what he thinks of her Blaine. Looking good to show your mom what you think of her. Yeah. Um, wearing a tux. I thought he was going to stand up and show. <laughs> okay. We do have a, and I'm just going to say we have 80 some ladies signed up tonight. On Mother's Day, that's exciting. It's either exciting or guys are like cheap meal. I'm not sure. But we do want to honor you. We're going to have a time where we're going to end the service. And um, we're going to just take time to thank you and honor you. Over here, the kids have prepared. All you ladies, not just moms, but all you ladies who have poured into us. There's just a little plant over here. And really, while it's a pretty little plant, it's really a symbol of saying all the the blessing and the, the prettiness of that is what you pour into us. And this is just a reminder of what you mean to us. There is also a photo booth up here. Um, come and get photos with you and your kids or with some other people that you've influenced or been influenced by. It is up here for that. Please take part of that. This is all away. And then, if you would, post it on, on Facebook and say, in honor of our moms or something. We need to honor them as much as we can. Remember, this needs to happen more than just today because our moms are here for more than just today. So please focus on that. We're going to stand. We're going to go back into worship, and let's honor God for who he's given us in our mothers, but more importantly, in Christ. Mm -hmm. 